0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Vibby.com, the quick, easy way to make highlight videos of your very own. Simply log on to the site, put in the timestamps of your favorite moments, and watch as the highlights spring forward into a video of its own that can be easily shared across social media and other content platforms. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Unicorn.com, the premier esports betting site. Log in today to bet on all of your favorite esports games and see if you have what it takes to win some Unicorns of your own. Who knows? It might be enough to win you one of those awesome prizes they have in their marketplace. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Register King Wassenar. I am a free agent head coach and analyst, as well as a contributor to Slingshot Esports. And welcome to day three of our NALCS team-by-team preview podcast. It is day three. It's gonna be a lot of fun as we break down a team that managed to finish third last split, which is exactly where we thought they'd end up, but they did it in a rather unconventional way. And I can't think of anyone I'd rather break down this very weird situational team uh than my good friend and also contributor for Slingshot Esports, Walter C80 Svetchuk. Walter, how you doing, man?
1: Come on. One of their players completely redefined the so- the support meta. Let's go, boys. <laughs> let's go. One trick Jonamain. Everybody, let's let's do this now. We got to see a NAMI at MSI because of
0: this. Like <laughs> Come on. Yeah, the shout out to Adrian and that Immortals roster. Uh, that is the team we're going to be breaking down today. And unlike some of the other teams we've talked about so far, there are no roster changes to talk about. Yay! They just decided to run it all back. Uh, the only thing they've done is they've added Jezz's as an assistant coach. Uh, outside of that, it's the exact same guys. It's the exact same uh, infrastructure. Walter, when you see that kind of move... You know, is this, you know, confidence from Immortals or do you think this is just a matter of, you know, trying to uh, to improve upon where they fell flat last time around in the playoffs? I
1: I think this is just a reality. You can't only give a team 18 games plus uh, plus what, like six Six. playoff games to like tell you everything about them, like, come on, there there was no way they were going to make any changes when this was the most successful team in North America up until the playoffs. And other than the one series against TSM, they completely crushed Team Liquid. So give me a break. They weren't going to make a change. They they needed to run this back so they could see the actual true potential of this roster.
0: Well, given that every single team in Europe decided that changes were worth making, it is... Actually nice to see an organization look at what they did last split and say, you know what? I believe in these guys. It didn't go the way we wanted. We had that 0-3 loss to TSM in the semifinals that really shouldn't have happened. They clearly misread the meta in that regard, and that's something that... They're going to have to uh, make sure that they improve upon going forward. But they also got the 3-0 victory over Liquid. And when they did that, they looked as dominant as they did in a 17-1 regular season performance. You need to be able to have that confidence in your players and in the system that you've created to not make any panic changes. And they managed to do that. And while certainly uh, for a lot of people, this seems like a no-brainer to just run this one back, it's not something that teams in the LCS historically do. So I want to give them the credit where credit is due in terms of properly understanding that their failures last split were not due to a talent failure or anyone not being able to fit in from a chemistry perspective, but just a matter of execution, which is something that obviously they're going to be looking to improve upon. Uh, as they go into this new split. Walter, what are you most excited to watch when you look at this Immortals team heading into the summer split? Yeah,
1: I, when I look at Immortals, man, I just go, what can they improve on? Like, can they be a better team than they were last season? And when you win that many games, when you go 17-1, and one, it's really hard to improve. And when it comes down to it, it's just going to be, do they continue to stay on top of the meta do they continue to innovate on top of the meta do they continue to expand champion pools on weaker players like adrian who we joke about him being you know three champions but that was sort of harmful down the stretch when every other support in north american europe were really playing the melee supports and huni was obviously a big problem where they had the out-of-nowhere Lucian top-lane pick during the TSM series and seem to refuse to play any tanks. So it's really interesting to see if they are going to be so defiant and no, this is our style, we're going to keep playing this way, or if they're going to now adapt to the meta and now we're going to see Belter be more of the carry in the mid lane with the mages or, or
0: what they tend to do. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how this team chooses to approach the regular season. I think if anything from last split, they should take away. The lesson should be the regular season only matters so much. They were dominant throughout the regular season with one loss to CLG uh, as the exception. They were basically perfect start to finish. They were destroying teams week in and week out. And when the playoffs came around, that wasn't particularly relevant. I don't have the same worries about... Adrian's champion pool that some other people do, just because I think that uh, he has been able to show when he needs to play a tank, he can play something like Braum and be rather effective at it. But at the end of the day, these innovations are what's going to help define what immortals is capable of being able to adjust patch to patch and be able to show that they can continually outsmart the opponents that are coming their way that they can outsmart guys like zix who have built a system over for clg or outdo guys like loco Doco that have done such a great job of developing talent these are the guys that they've got to be able to match and keep up with and ensure that they're playing to that level, not just in the regular season, but beyond that. And that's going to come from guys like Hobelter making the most out of these mid-lane changes, guys like Adrian making the most out of the seemingly shift to ranged supports at the moment, letting Hooney be that big threat for them, which takes us to the best case scenario. Walter, when you look at this team, where do you think they could end up if everything breaks right for them? Well, you're talking best case scenario here, and
1: for them it's they win they win the LCS, they win the North American LCS, they secure an auto spot in the pool A seating at Worlds, and now they get to go to an international tournament and prove that this domestic dominance is something they can expand onto the international stage. I think anything less than worlds and even you know, missing the LCS finals for this team is another huge, huge disappointment. That being said, their best case scenario is that everything breaks right. The, the meta sits in a way that Hooney can continue to be a carry top lander. They can continue playing to their strengths and they just cruise their way to a world championship berth in the semifinals,
0: finals, who knows? Yeah, that's the best case scenario. Certainly there's a lot that they've demonstrated when you run this amount of talent back There are a lot of reasons to be optimistic, which is why when I have to play the worst case scenario card for this team, it's a lot more difficult. I don't think their worst case scenario is nearly as bad as most of the worst case scenarios we're going to discuss because we know what this team is and we know that they have a significant amount of talent. And I'm not worried about whether they're going to be able to continue to perform at a high level because that's already basically assured just because they brought so many talented guys back. But here's where I do get concerned. Now we're moving into best of threes. Now we're moving into a format where you can't catch people off guard with one pocket pick. You no, know, the days of, of people getting surprised by things like karma support are gone. So now these innovations are less important than having consistency. And the problem with guys like Hooney and guys like Wild Turtle or even guys like Poe is that consistency, it's not necessarily what their play style is designed to do. Huni is a guy that loves to take big risks in the laning phase and give himself that huge advantage and just take control of the game. And Rainover loves to set him up in that position. But in a best of three, you can prepare for that. Once they've kind of played their hand in game one, teams are going to be able to adjust. They'll be able to notice the kinds of patterns that they're throwing out there. And this could potentially be a problem if they haven't learned from the lessons that they just had uh, in these last playoffs. I believe they will. It's why I'm not too worried about their worst case scenario. I think there's just too much talent involved. And Pobelter is many things, but he is, uh, uh, you know, at his core, a guy who you can rely upon to find at least one or two things from these new mage updates and stick to them and latch onto them as safer options for this team and things that they could reliably build around. But if everything falls the wrong way and Dylan Falco struggles in some of these best of three formats as you know guys like Hooney get locked into certain play styles that they want to play and aren't willing to adjust as the meta changes from week to week, best of threes are going to punish that way more than best of ones and they could find themselves having to play in more playoff series because they don't get the, that automatic buy, because they don't get you know the same amount of dominance they had this first split, it, it's certainly in play that they could make things harder for themselves if they haven't proven at this point that they can make the adjustments and, and play that more intelligent style of, of play, both in pick and ban and in the actual game itself. But Walter, when it's all said and done... Where do you think this team ends up?
1: So North America is a very, very difficult region at the top for me to pin down because the best teams here, I think, all made improvements over the course of the spring split. And whether it was just in potential roster changes that they made or whatnot, all of them seem very strong. We're talking about Immortals. We're talking about Cloud9. We're talking about CLG. We're talking about TSM. And we're talking about Team Liquid. So it's really hard for me to pin it down. I think for Immortals, they need to make the finals of the summer split, and they need to go to Worlds. Mm-hmm. If they don't do it, it's a failure on their part. It's a failure in this experiment, and this roster gets blown up, and they make a lot of changes. That being said, anywhere from first to fifth is probable when you look at the best teams in North America. But for, for Immortals in particular,
0: they need to make Worlds. This team should be a top two team. I think when you look at it on paper despite everything I just said in the worst case scenario I do have faith in Dylan Falco that they will learn from it. I think that Huni is going to take that Lucian top lane lesson and see how, you know, how much ridicule he got from that across the scene and he's going to learn like, yeah, you you can't play just whatever you want and assume that it's going to work out for you and Whatever, If they somehow still do have any remnant of that mistake, that's going to get beaten out of them pretty early in the season as these best of threes show that you can't afford to make those kinds of mistakes. So I believe this team is going to be quite good. I think, as you said, they've got to be thinking worlds are bust because there's enough talent on this team. And the proof of concept, given what they did in the regular season last split, is so strong that there's really no excuse for them not to be at that level but it's going to come down to execution. It's going to come down to being able to do it week in and week out and stave off some of the other teams that have grown significantly, as you've said. I have them penciled in at number two right now. That's personally where I think they're going to end up, but they need to ensure that they play to that level by getting rid of any cockiness, any sort of you know potential arrogance that could steep into their play style no more of this oh we're preparing for msi before the tournament has even gone down to qualify for it let's take things one step at a time do your work and be the team that we know you can be because if immortals can be that team they're going to be a lot of fun to watch this split especially with all these made changes in the way that that's going to to shift their playstyle style accordingly. I think it could be a huge amount of fun to see Adrian play around with things like support Vagar or support Brand or support Annie. God knows what's going to be brought to the table there. Um, but hopefully, uh, you guys enjoy what we brought to the table with this podcast. If you did, you should go to soundcloud.com slash esports rough drafts or search rough drafts on the podcast section of iTunes. Uh, if you subscribe on either of those places, you'll be sure to get all of our episodes. We've got seven more of these North American breakdowns coming your way. So you're going to want to make sure you do that. So you never miss a single one. You should also follow us on social media. So you can uh, get our takes as we follow the season from start to finish. I am at Red Shirt King on Twitter. Where can the nice people at home find you, Walter? You guys can find me at CADs, LOL. Perfect. So come back tomorrow as we go at day four and we look at a team that makes you feel like we've heard this story before, uh, since they're another team that uh, we could say might echo their uh, performance from last split. Uh, But until tomorrow, goodbye, Internet.